You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. But what we're doing today is we're continuing a series that we started last week, that we, or we started two weeks ago, that we entitled I-Y-D-K-N-Y-K. If you don't know, now you know. And, and here's the point of this. So what we're trying to do is, is I'm trying to, as practically as I can, get us as a church and get you as an individual just to walk in everything God has for your life. You heard me say it this morning, right? Come on, say, someone say there's more. There's more, there's more. And so here's my question. Well, if God has more, how do I walk into it? How do I move into it? At the core of this is just trying to help you walk in God's will for your life. You know, sometimes I think, um, and Dustin, thanks for hanging with me. This is, I love it. You know, when I, Isaiah was getting ready to give a word for God, he said, somebody get me a harp. And I like keys a little better than harp, so yeah, that's gonna work. Um, but I think some of us, we, we overcomplicate God's will, right? If you're a Christian in here today, you want God's will, amen? Come on, let me see if you want God's will. You want God's will, you want God's will, right? So the problem is a lot of times we want God's will, but we're like, well, God, what is your will? Right? And it feels confusing. Now here, I understand that sometimes when we're praying about God's will, what we're praying about, what we want is like, like the specific will of God. So some of you are like who, like, who am I supposed to marry? Some of you came in here today, some of you single ladies, you look around and go, no, where's my holy hunk? He got to be in here somewhere, right? You're looking and you're praying for that specific thing. Or maybe it's like, you know, what school am I supposed to go to? Where am I supposed to live? And you kind of have these very specific things. Now, God wants to and will by his spirit reveal to you the specific will that he has for your life. But I want you to understand this. Here's what we're talking about in the series is God actually has a general will. There is something he wants to do in every single believer. There's something he wants to do in every single one of your lives. There's something God is up to. And what we're looking at together in this series is God, what are you up to? What do you want to do in every single one of our lives? So will you pray with me? God, we just ask as we look at this that you would help us understand your will for our lives. God, I pray that any of us who are not walking in your will have wandered from it. God, today, I just pray you convince us, convince them that, God, you're good, that your will is perfect, and that what you have for us is better than even what we have for us. And God, I pray every single one of us would walk out of here just kind of aligning ourselves with, God, your good and perfect purpose and will for our life. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, amen and amen. So what is it that God wants for every single person? God's actually very clear about this all throughout scripture. Do you know that what God wants for you is the same thing that he wanted for the children of Israel? So when you look in the Old Testament, children of Israel um, found themselves in oppression and slavery under the, under the Pharaoh, under the Egyptian ruler, under the Pharaoh, and they were living in slavery. And God spoke over them some promise. And there's four promises. The Jews call them the four I wills. And they celebrate these at Passover and everything else. These are the four kind of core promises of God. And I want you to see them. The first one is this. As they're there in slavery, God says this in Exodus chapter 6. He says, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. Now watch what God's going to do. The I will statements. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. The very first thing God wants to do in the children of Israel and in your life is just to get you out of your current state. 
God wants to get you out of any type of slavery, any type of oppression, any type of brokenness. Any, God just wants to get you out of that slavery, oppression type of uh, circumstance. He wants to, come on, it's called set you free. It's the very first thing. Listen, before you go reading your Bible more, before you go being nicer to people, before, you, before God wants any of that for you, from you, what he wants for you is just to set you free. Is that a good spot? Say amen. Amen, right? God's going to set me free. So four of us said amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we call that at Citizens Church knowing God. So God's first will, his first step for you, know him. It's salvation. It's when you get saved. You give your life to Jesus. And then he says this. He says, I will bring you out from under the, oh, go back real quick for me. So say to the children of Israel and the Lord your God, I'll bring you out from the burden of the Egyptians. And now watch this. I will deliver you from slavery to them. That's different. Do you see that? He got him out of Egypt and now he's getting Egypt out of them. How many of you know you could give your life to Jesus and wake up the next day and not be perfect? Where are you at, church? I need, come on, citizens, you talk to me. I want you to know it's okay every now and then to go, though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I feel that. When I gave my life to Jesus in high school, you can ask my mom. I was not perfect the next day. I still had a tongue. I was still very sharp. I stood like on my, with my tongue and cut people up and God was working on me, right? And so the next thing God wants to do after you get to know God is, knowing God is growing in God. And that happens, we talked about last week in the context of community. God wants to grow you in the context of community as you just engage with God in the context of the body of Christ. Well, then what's this next thing God wants to do? Come on, we're all taking a journey together. I'm just a tour guide. The very next I will statement is this. He says, and I will, I want you to say this next word with me. I will redeem. Say it with me. I will redeem you with an outstretched harm, arm and great acts of judgment. The next thing that God wants to do in your life, that what God wants to do in all of our lives is redeem us. Now, what does redeem mean? Redeem means this, to repair or restore it means to bring it back to its original design, to its original purpose. Friends, listen to me. There is purpose on your life. There is a design of God resting on every single one of you. There's a thumbprint of God that's specifically and uniquely placed upon you. And what God wants to do is draw you back into the thing that he's created you to live out. He wants to redeem you, to restore you to your purpose. And that's good news. Because listen, there's a lot of questions that we ask ourselves around this idea of purpose. Like, why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What is it all about? And there's just kind of, we, we could find ourselves wrestling with this idea of purpose. And, and here's what happens is, if you don't have a good understanding of purpose for your life, your heart will always be restless. You, you'll never really truly feel settled. And, and maybe for some of you, you come in here today, come on, I'm talking to someone. You feel like it's just not settled. You're always kind of, you're never at ease. Like there's just something missing in your life. You don't, you don't feel like you quite know what your purpose is. Well, I'm telling you, you showed up on the right Sunday. Now, here's what happens when you discover your purpose. When you discover your purpose and you start walking in your purpose, when you know it, come on, you move into this place where you start living with some meaning and fulfillment in life. Because I know what I'm here for. Mark Twain said this, there's two great days in a person's life, the day they're born and the day they discover why they're born, right? 
Do you know that Shell Oil did a, uh, did a study on, some, on a group of some employees that retired at the age of 55? And what they found, now if you've retired, just hang with me for a second, there's good news at the end. For those that retired at the age of 55, and they found, uh, and what they found is that they were more likely to die earlier than those who retired at the age of 65. Now, watch this. Other studies go on to show that the risk of death after retirement increases by, please love me, hold on, 51%. That's wild. Now, why? Why does that happen? If you dig into the studies a little bit more, here's what, here's what they say, is that what happens is, is that the individual starts to lose a sense of purpose, lose a sense of meaning. They start to lose kind of their, their, their why, like why. When you lose your why, you lose your way. What happens is you're still living, but you're dying on the inside, and pretty soon what's happening on the inside actually catches up. But here's the problem, everybody. Listen, for all of you that are super worried right now because you're retired, let me help you out. The problem was that they saw their purpose as only resting in their position. They saw their purpose as only resting in their vocation, resting in their job. They, they thought that what they were living for was to clock in, to clock out, and to do, and they, and listen, and when that was all gone, they didn't know what their purpose is, but listen, I'm here today to tell you that God's got more purpose for you than clocking in and clocking out, right? God's got more purpose for you than, than just a job or a vocation, like there's more on your life. Do not settle for any purpose that is less than the purpose that God actually has for your life. So, God's got a greater purpose for you than you could ever imagine, and I just wanna spend some time convincing you of it, okay? And helping you at least go on the journey of discovering it. So, here's what we need to do. If, if you're going to, like the children of Israel, be redeemed and be restored into to the design of God on your life, I think, first of all, if you're gonna write anything down, I got three things to write down. The first one is this, right? I think if you are going to actually start living in the purpose of God for your life, I first have got to convince you of, uh, that you have a purpose. I need you to believe it. So this is what I'm gonna write down. So what we're, listen, like I have a purpose. I just need to convince you of this for a minute. I'm gonna take some time convincing you. Like I have a purpose. Tell your neighbor, say, say you've got a purpose. Come on, tell, me, tell, tell your neighbor, say, you got a purpose. I know they're far away. You keep inviting all your friends so they'll be closer. And you can tell them, you got a purpose. So I need you to be convinced of this. Do you know, first of all, that you're here on purpose? You, the, the book of Acts says this, in the book of Acts, I don't have the verse for you, but it's thinking about it. Verse of Acts says that, that God created out of Adam, out of one man, all nations, and has ordained for them their time and their boundaries. What does that mean? That means that God puts you where you are and when you are on purpose. You thought you just by accident were born in this generation. You thought you just by accident lived where you live. No, I'm telling you, you are when you are and where you are because God ordained for you to be where you are and when you are. He saw this from the foundation of the world that you would be here, that you would be now. God allowed for it, designed it, spoke it into being. You're here on purpose. You know, over in the book of Psalm verse 139, or Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14, it says this. You created my innermost beings. You knit me. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Watch, all the days, in verse 16, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What does that mean? You're not an accident. Now, I know your parents might tell you, you were an accident, right? Your parents might say, you were an accident. Here, but here's what I need you to know. Like, you might have surprised your parents, but you did not surprise God. You were in the heart and mind of God long before your parents were ever even thinking about you. God says, I knit you together. What does that tell me? That tells me that not only am I here on purpose, I'm here, let's say you're taking notes, I'm here with a purpose. If God knit me together, listen, I'm not a knitter. You know, my son, uh, Elias, he, he finds himself sometimes in the most, I would say the most random, like, hobbies. And, and they're always all over the place. He's been this way since a kid. Like, he's into this and into that and into that. And he's, like, into something for, like, three months. We get all the stuff. Come on, any parents, you with me? They get all the stuff to go to the thing you're in because this is what parents are supposed to do is support the things that their kids are in. We've been all over the map, everybody. We've been, like, skateboarding, and then we went rollerblading, and we're surfing, and then, you know, we're into, like, listen, he's 22 years old, and he got himself into knitting. And when he gets into something, you go all in. Like, and so, like, we got enough yarn at the house to sew all of you a hoodie. Like, I'm telling you, we got, and then he had to go buy, like, the, the, there's, like, very particular knitting needles that he got. And I'm telling you, man, my son, like, he's out, like, knitting. And I don't know a lot about it, but this is my first up-close presentation of it. And I always thought, you know, knitting is just something you kind of do like in a, in, a, in a chair, rocking chair, and you just kind of just go in and you're not even like paying attention to what you're doing. But here's what I found is like, there is so much intentionality knitting. Like you don't just start something and go, ah, we'll see what comes out of this. Like you start into it going, I'm building a beanie. I'm making a beanie. I'm designing a beanie. It's gonna be red. It's gonna be blue. It's, I mean, you're, you're thinking about it. You're purchasing the stuff. And as you go to knit, listen, there is so much time put into it and intentionality put into it. Each and every, I don't even know what to call it, stitch. Now listen, I want you to hear me. God spoke the universe into existence. And you get all that. But when he went to create you, God said, oh, get me my knitting, you know, my knitting stuff. Because I'm going I'm to take time with this and intentionality in this. There's a, there's a little more love put into this. There's a little more care put into this. There's a little more, and God knit you together in your mother's womb. I'm trying to tell you, please understand, you are here on purpose, and you are here with a purpose. I don't care what your family has said. I don't care what your neighbors might have said. I don't care what your siblings, what your what your employees at work, what others have said, I'm telling you, there is a purpose and meaning and design and, and, and it's all resting on your life in a way that I don't think you could possibly comprehend. Matter of fact, listen, Ephesians goes on to say this. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says this. For we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his handiwork. Your, your Bible might say we are his workmanship. Workmanship. You know, the, the word there in the Greek, you know what it is? It's, it's poema. Now, I don't do a whole lot of Greek, but I study the Greek and I love it and the Hebrew and everything else, but I'm not saying all that so you think, wow, he's really smart. 
I'm saying that so you understand what's happening in this verse. He says, you are my poema. Do you know what word we get from poema? Come on, what do you guess? Poem. So listen, listen. God says, you're my poem. So like when a painter sits down to express himself or herself, they paint. When a, when a writer sits down, they, 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 they write. And God says, when I sat down to express my heart to the world, I created you, my poem. You are, God says, you are my song to this world. You are the expression of my heart to this world. You are, friends, please listen to the design and the intentionality of God on your life. And I need you to believe it. You've got a purpose. You know, sometimes we, we, we call it a calling. You got a calling on your life. And sometimes we think that callings are for like just the pastors and, you know, people doing ministry work and missions and all. They've got a calling on your life. No, 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 friends. Every single one of you have a calling on your life. Second Timothy says this. He saved us and called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. God says, I've called you to a purpose. You with me? Amen, church? Come on. You're not. Okay. Listen, there's three points in this message, and I will keep circling the first point until you just, I need you to get this. Can I give you one more? And then we'll go on the other. Okay, listen. You are my workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. So this is how much intentionality is in this, all right? Here's what he's saying, that scripture's saying, that God looked down through the corridors of time and he saw your generation, he saw your time, he saw your nation, he saw your school, your workplace, he saw your neighborhood. God looked down and he saw his world. And what he said is there's something I wanna do in that time, at that school, at that neighborhood, in that city, and in that family, there's something I desire to do. And God said to himself, how am I going to do it? Here's what God decided to do, is instead of ripping open heaven and sending angels to do his work at that time and that place and that city, he created you in a specific way. Workmanship, workmanship, workmanship. He designed you in a specific way for a specific work that he's wanting to do. Come on, right now. And that is resting on and inside of every single one of you. Come on, someone say, I have purpose. Come on, I have purpose. So the next question is this, okay, if I have purpose, how do I find out what it is? Well, let me say this to you, write this down. I have a gift, okay? So I have purpose and I have a gift. Well, why is that important? Well, if God designed you in a particular way, what you need to do is pay attention to the way that God designed you. You with me? Come on, church. So if I'm gonna discover my purpose, I need to look at my design. My design will reveal my, my, my purpose. You know, I, I love cars, and, 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 and uh, there's two kinds of cars I like. I love sports cars. Come on, I love going fast, and I love going jeeping. I have a Jeep, and I, I love going out the mountains. Now listen, if you pull up next to me in my fast car, uh, I will beat you off the line. I will beat you off the line. But if you, and I have, I just, I just uh, people pull up, like, come on, let's go. And it's usually Tatum driving. Okay, so... Now, if you pull up next to my Jeep and try to race me, I'm like, I'm not even gonna, it's not gonna even try. It's like pointless, right? But here's what I'll say to all you people in your, in your sports cars trying to beat me in my Jeep. You follow me up the mountain. 
You're not going to do it. Your little sports car is not going to get where we're going to go. Why? Because design, 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 design. They're designed for specific things. And now listen, God looks at you and goes, there's design, design, design. Now listen, if you pay attention to your design, it'll reveal your purpose. Some of you are frustrated because you're designed for one thing, but you're trying to actually purpose yourself for another thing, and you just need to get that all figured out. You see, there's purpose on your life, and you've got a gift on your life that reveals, come on, you get it? That purpose. So, Romans chapter 12, verse six says this, we all have different gifts according to the grace that's given each of us. That word there for gifts, it's charis. There's a, there's a divine enablement, here's what it means, a divine enablement from God to do something in a way that is just, it's just particular to you. Let me say that better. The charis is a divine enablement to do a specific work. And every one of you have a divine enablement to do a specific work. It's a charis, a gift of God. So the question is, what is my gift? What is this grace? You ever see people when they, they, they do something, they do it with grace? Like Olivia got up here and sang today and you just went, okay. What is that? It's a, it's a charis. It's different. She's not just singing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everyone can sing, but not everyone can sing. Let's, let's be honest. Not everyone can. But you know what I'm saying? Some people sing, they get on stage, but man, there's a, it's a charis. It's, a, it's an actual grace gift uh, on her life, okay? And every one of you have that, that weight on you somewhere in your life. So what you need to do, if we're gonna discover our, our purpose, you gotta start asking yourself, well, what is that grace gift on my life? God gives it to you when you commit your life to him. What is that grace gift? So let me help you with that real quick. A couple things that you can do to help find your grace gift, okay? Let's go on this journey. Um, one thing is you ask yourself, like, what am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? So, like, what do you love doing? Sometimes what you love doing is what you should do, right? Like, if you just love it, like, like when, you, when you love something, when you, you're just passionate about it. Like, I, like you can't, st- I just want to go do this. I can't wait to go do this. You wake up thinking about it. You, 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 you eat, sleep, breathe that thing. It's a thing that's always in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I wonder if, and I wonder. You're just constantly thinking about it because it's, it's a passion and, and it, it energizes you when you do it. Some of you, you do things like, this wears me out. Well, that might not be the thing that you're, Gifted at, because when you're gifted, it's like, I just love it. I just do this all day, right? Um, I also think that you pay attention to your passion because when you're passionate about something, it actually, it sets you apart, right? So you can see 100 people doing something, and then there's one person doing it with passion, and you're like, oh, hey, that stands out. That stands out. Why? Because there's passion. So ask the question, what am I passionate about, okay? Next question would be, write this, write, would be this, write it down. It's like, what do I care about? What do I care about? Like, what? I'm passionate about this, and then there's some things that I deeply, deeply care about. And I always, the illustration I use for this is, is um, pay attention how do you respond to your environment. Like what's happening around you, okay? So like if I invite you, if we all go to your house for dinner, I don't know who's hosting, but we're all going to your house for dinner tonight, okay? Somebody, we're throwing a party at your house. Okay, thank you, I see your hand in the back, God bless you. Uh, hopefully you weren't just scratching your head because we are all coming over and uh, having dinner tonight. Now watch, if we all show up, we're having dinner, and I'm over making my plate, and I'm, I'm loading it up. Man, we got some mashed potatoes. We got some, we got some chicken. Come on, buddy, some barbecue chicken. That sound good right now? Some steak. It's peas and corn, but I'm gonna pass on that. It's not, that's not my style. Right? Some mashed potatoes, gravy, and lots of meat. I load it up, 
And I start walking back to the table and on my way back, I just, <laughs> and I break it and it goes everywhere. What do you do? What do you do? Pay attention to how you, even in that moment right now, like I was actually trying to think of a way I could break a plate up here and do all this and just to see you guys go, what do we do? Like, I, I want that in your heart because here's what happens is you pay attention to that. Like some of you, some of you, you've got the gift of mercy and you're like, oh, Chris, oh, is you okay? Come here, oh, let me help you. Like, you're, just, you're just merciful. You're, like, you're just merciful. You wanna, you wanna help. That's no one in my house, by the way. No one in the Norman house is gonna show you, show you mercy. That's not our gift set, okay? Some of you, you got the gift of helps. You like, you follow, and then you're like, I got, I'll get you another plate. I got you, let me run over. And what did you have? How much, like you're, you're just, you got that gift of helps, right? You got that gift of help, you're running around. Pay attention, where's your heart? Like others of you, you got the gift of administration. Like you're going, okay, okay, everybody, listen, back up. We need to get some space here. We need to get some, uh, we need to get this floor cleaned up. We need to start administrating. It's the gift of bossing. It's probably more, it's probably more of what my family does. Like all of us, we all kind of, we all kind of boss a little bit and, um, but we're good at it. We're very good at it, all of us. And um, some of you, some of you, you're, you're like, you're going, you got the gift of teaching. You're like, okay, now listen, next time, next time you're walking with that plate from there to there, I want you, you pick up your feet a little bit more. There's a rug there and you didn't say, so just pay attention you, and that's your gift. Like, think about what, what do you do? How do you jump in on this thing? Uh, others of you, like you're encouraging, like that's okay. It's okay, man, you got this. You got this, let's go. Keep eating, come on, don't give up. Don't quit, right? You're just like, we need you in the body of Christ. We need you. Like, I was just giving. You got, you got my plate? You want my plate? Like, how do you respond? I, I, I say all that so you realize, come on, you have inside of you this build that God put in you. Like, and where are you at in the picture? Pay attention to that. Design reveals purpose. How has God designed you? Now, let me give you the last one because it's so important. You can't miss this one because you could be passionate about something. You could, you could like care about something, but you've also got to be good at something. How, how many of you know you can be passionate about something, but not good at it? Right? You know what I mean? Have anyone seen American Idol? Right? You're like, why are you making us sit through this right now. Like what in the world? I'll tell you what that is. You know what that is? That is a poor child that grew up with his mom and daddy lying to him. That's what that is. <laughs> They're telling you, they, they, their whole life they were told, you can do whatever you want. You could be whatever you want. Oh, you sound so good. No, mom and dad are lying to you. Friends, listen to me. I'm gonna help, let me help you. You can't be whatever you want. You cannot, aren't you glad you came to church today? You cannot do whatever you want. But come on, praise God, you can be everything God created you to be. Praise God, you can do everything God called you to do. Praise God that he's actually got more for you than you've got for you. And if you could just figure out what it is that God put inside of me. I'm telling you, friends, nothing can stop you because it's a grace, a divine enablement from God to do the thing that God's called you to do. Now, so... When I, and I, all I'm trying to do, my goal of this whole message today is just to invite you on this journey. Go, you gotta get this figured out. Matter of fact, we're, right now we're running a next step class over in the cafe. And a part of that class, I'm inviting you back, come next week, is helping you figure out this thing that's inside of you. We actually as a church are committed to walking with you to help you find that. And we're gonna pour fuel on it. That's our, that's our, that's our whole goal. It's our, it's our heartbeat as a church just to walk with you in that way. And so for me, kind of some of my gift set, the things I love, I, I, 
I love teaching. I love, I love dreaming about things. I love helping, okay? And, and I feel like I'm okay at it. I don't know if I'm doing an okay job, but I feel like it kind of works. It, it does okay, right, you know? And I'm passionate about it. I think about teaching and everything, every story, every, I'm, I'm always thinking about it. My, it's my passion point, casting vision. I'm always living in the future, right? I'm always thinking about, well, where can we go? And, what, and that's my gift sets. Um, I asked my wife what I'm not good at, and she said, cleaning. She said, you're not good at cleaning, everybody. So pray for me. I'm in a lot of trouble when I go home. I guess I'm not cleaning well at the house, but I'm not good at, like, you can't put me in the nursery. I'm telling you, like, can we just thank God for the people in our nursery right now, just making it happen? I'm telling you, there are people that just love, like, give me that baby and let me hold it. Oh, it's so precious. They are drooling everywhere and there's snot everywhere. And I'm looking going, how in the world do you? But they're just like, oh. passion. They love it and they're good at it. You give the child to me and they're screaming. I can't explain it. I'm just like, I'm doing all the things they're doing, but when they do it, it just works. It's a grace. I'm telling you, there's a grace on every single one of our lives, and we just gotta learn to pay attention to it. Someone say, I have a purpose. Someone say, I have a gift. You have a gift, you have a purpose, you have a gift, you have a purpose, you have a gift. So now listen, if God has given you a purpose and God has given you a gift, listen, you also need to understand this, that you have a part. You have a part. You know, one of the illustrations that scripture uses over and over again, all throughout God's word, is the illustration of the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says this, now you are the body of Christ. You wonder what the church is, everybody. The church is not about a building, it's a people. It's the body of Christ, right? And can I tell you something, everybody? God fully intends for the body of Christ, for you and I, to be God's answer to all of the world's issues. See, when we look at what's happening in our nation right now, when we look at what's happening with whether it's racism or, or hatred, or you look at what's happening in our world, you look at what's happening in California, you look at what's happening on our campuses with kids walking around in depression and, and wondering about suicide, and all of that's on the rise, on our watch. Do you know what God's answer to all of those dilemmas and problems is? It's not better legislation or better politicians. Come on, I'm all about vote, do your thing, we gotta, but can I tell you God's answer to all the issues our nation, our church, our nation and, and, and our cities and are facing? It is the church. It is the body of Christ doing what God has called us to do, being who God's called us to be in the context of the nation he's placed us in. That's God's plan and desire. He puts the church together to do his work. We're the, like God said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You, the church. Your mind is, your plan A. And there is no plan B. So God says, you, each of you, you are the body of Christ. And now watch this, he goes on to say, and each of you is a part of it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He says that we are the body, and now he says each of you is a part of it. What God in Scripture is trying to get you to understand is that there's one thing to be in a body, but also to realize I have a part in this body. A body is made up of several different members acting as one. Amen? And if part of the body doesn't want to do its part, what you have is what we call dysfunction, right? 
So if I come in today, my, my right leg this morning, like when I woke up, was like, you know what, Chris, I'm just not feeling it today. Just not feeling it. And I come in, I'm, I'm up here going, hey, everybody, I'm just trying to, and we actually call this a, a dysfunction. Or my, my right arm just decides to hang, and I'm trying to talk and communicate, and, and, and I can, but if my voice decides that it doesn't wanna work today, right? And it becomes a little hard, every, and I start, to, I start to live in this place. Well, guess what? I think sometimes in the, in the body of Christ, there's dysfunction, and what is it caused by? Well, we often look and go, well, it's the pastor's fault, and it's their fault, and everybody's all this dysfunction everywhere. And it's like, you, know, you know what it is, is it's that there are parts that are not playing their part, and when parts are not playing their parts, you have dysfunction. And in order for us to operate in the way that God wants us to operate, each of us step in, come on, and play your part. You have the gift you have for a reason, and God desires to use it to bring health to the body of Christ. Is this making sense, everybody? I hope this is making sense. Now listen, let me show it to you one last verse. Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter four, verse 16 says this. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly and as each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow. Now watch, you've got a special work and you've got a special work and you've got a special work and you have a specific purpose and you've got a specific design and God says, every one of you have a special part. As you work out your special part, what does it do? It says, it says, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God says, there's some growth I wanna see happen. There's some health I wanna see happen. There's health in the life of other people that God wants to bring to them, but the way that God is designed to bring it to them is by putting what they need inside of you. Do you see that? And if you hold on to what God put inside of you, you're actually holding them back for what God wants to do inside of them because what God wants to do inside of them, he's actually designed to be inside of you. So he says, you've gotta do your special part in order for them to experience the growth. Come on, are you getting it? That God actually wants to bring them. You know, I, 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 love, I love myself a good Lego set. Anyone, anyone like some Legos? Come on, you grew up playing Legos? I did playing with Legos and building. Now, here's the problem with Legos. Right here, we got, we got ourselves a spaceship. I mean, this can, this can take you, this can take you, come on, to a whole nother, whole nother place. But here's the problem, is that when I opened the box, what was on the box, it wasn't in the box. What was in this box, when I opened it, was a bunch of these bags. See, this thing has 144 pieces and they came in pieces. So I thought I was getting this, but what I got was all this. Do you know that God actually sees something when he looks at Citizens Church, when he looks at the church in California, when he looks at the church in the nation? Like God has a design of something he wants to do. But what God does is instead of sending angels to do the work and all this, what God does is he goes, okay, well, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna distribute to each one, as I will, it says in Corinthians, a gift, a charis. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you a part, come on, over there. I'm gonna give you a part and I'm gonna give, come on, 
Legos are flying, don't get hit. You apart, oh, that one went far. Oh, so sorry if I hit you. I, 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 look, at, you're gonna get apart, come on, right? You get it, you get everybody, come on, you're gonna get apart. Come on, coach, it's good for coach. Coach has got his part, come on, you get apart. So you get it, watch. Every single one of you have a part. You've got a part, you've got a part, you've got a part. Now here's what, here's what I need you to understand. This is what God's up to. He's distributing to each one a piece, and then he says, if you want to see, and I do, if you wanna see what's in my heart, if you wanna see the design, if you wanna see the picture I see, and what I wanna do in this church, and in California, and in that family, and in this city, and in, if you wanna see, here's what I need. God says, I just need all of you that got pieces to bring your piece to the table to bring your part to the table and, and come play your part within the design that God has intended from the very beginning of the world. Now listen, some of you, you're holding on to your part and you go, well, it's not a wing. You know, like why would I even bring it to the table? Like who needs this? Maybe you're looking at your part and you're like, how does that even, how does that even work? This is a little, like does this really even matter? But what you don't understand is that if you don't bring your peace to the table, we'll never see what it is God intends. And, and we're, we're holding ourselves back from all that God wants to do because, man, some of you are off hiding over there. I'm not a wing. Or maybe you're going like, well, here's what I got, but what do I do with it? Well, come on, come over to the table. Come on, we're gonna get out the instruction book and we just start to go, okay, what piece is that? Okay, God, what do you want to what do you want to do with that? How how can we okay, oh, here's where you fit. And you get into your spot spot and you start playing your part. You take your special part and your anointing and your gifting to, to your workplace, and you take that mercy that God's put on your heart and you lean in and you start being merciful with people. Some of you are evangelists, and you start evangelizing your, your, your workplace, your school. Listen to me, students, you're in school, and God's giving you a gift of evangelism, and you've been holding it back, because like, maybe I'm embarrassed, but I'm here, I just want to fan it in the flame. If you're thinking about reaching your friends, I'm telling you, you might have this gift of evangelism. Lean into it. What I'm doing right now is fanning that into flame. You're like, what's he doing? I'm fanning a flame. I want you showing up on the campus going, I've got a purpose, I've got a gift, I'm gonna play my part right now. And you start working within that gift that's on your life, and you watch. You have no idea what's inside God's heart for this thing called the church and this moment that he's put us in till you play your part. I'm saying, maybe God wants to bring revival to your campus. Maybe God's gonna use you to draw hundreds and thousands of students to Jesus. Maybe God's gonna use you. How do you know until you play your part? Are you getting this, everybody? Now listen. Someday, Citizens Church will have a, will have a dream center in San Bernardino that's gonna help people who are on the streets and hurting. You know, you know San Bernardino is leading, leading in homicide in our nation. That's on our watch, it's in our backyard. We're gonna change the trajectory, be a part of it. Gathering with other churches, doing our part, what God's called us to do. But amen, come on, we want that. But you know how that happens? God says, oh, I'm gonna give you a part. And I'm gonna give you a part. And so your part, come on, you're gonna fund it. Some of you are gonna administrate it. Some of you are gonna like, you're just gonna have the gift of mercy. You're gonna be out on the street working with people, right? I need you to understand this. I'm not gonna turn to a staff and go, you go and you go and we need, right? I turn to the church and go, listen, everybody. The best ministry of this church does not exist inside of us. 
as a staff, we're doing our part. It exists inside of every single one of you. And all we wanna do is pour fuel on what God's put inside of you and let's just see together what it is God wants to do. But I am telling you, it is bigger and better than you could ever think or ever imagine. You're on purpose, you have a gift. Come on, I just wanna invite you on the journey. Learn to play your part, play your part, play your part. Come on, tell your neighbor, play your part, play your part in Jesus' name. Come on, church, amen, amen, amen. Hey, listen, as we close, I, I realize that there's some of you, you're listening to all this, and that seems so distant, like purpose, how am I ever gonna discover purpose? Maybe you're not there, God's gonna get you there. But before we can deal with that and do those things, man, we gotta come back here to step one, some of you. For some of you, your next step is your very first step, and that's just that God wants to set you free. He wants to forgive you and cleanse you and heal you. And some of you came in here today and you need that desperately. Well, every Sunday, I've committed myself to help those of you who come in hurting and lost, who need to step into a relationship with God, I'm always gonna give you an opportunity to do that. And some of you need to do that today. You're gonna take your first step and say yes to Jesus. You're gonna have your sins forgiven. You're gonna be anchored in heaven. And come back next week when we start talking to you about growing and getting you into a community of people who love you and some friends who just wanna do life with you. And we're just gonna walk with you every step of the way. You're gonna get over here and man, now it's time to get you in next steps. Let's keep walking together and growing together. But for those of you who need to give your life to Jesus, I'm telling you, today's your moment. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Good, good.